Hey everyone, welcome to That You May Know Him, a podcast where we are committed to proclaiming biblical truth that helps you know Christ better than ever before. What's up, everyone? This is Blake, host of the That You May Know Him podcast, and welcome back to Two for Ten, the show where we study the Bible one book at a time, one verse at a time. Today on Two for Ten, we're going to be in Revelation chapter 1, verse 11, where we are going to be introduced by name to the seven churches that this amazing letter was originally intended for. That's what's coming up today on Two for Ten. It's very important. It's very significant. And here's a little hint for you. All seven churches, they're interconnected. That's right. That's what's coming up today on 2 for 10. So stick around. But before I get to that, I just want to say this. If you are enjoying these episodes of 2 for 10, if you're enjoying our verse-by-verse Bible study on the book of Revelation, we're going to be sending out extra Bible study questions at the end of each chapter. That's right. As we come to the end of each chapter, We're going to be sending out pretty extensive Bible study questions to all of our listeners, viewers, subscribers that want to use these to go deeper in their own personal study of this amazing book. All you have to do if you want to receive those Bible study questions at the end of each chapter is go to our website, thatyoumayknowhim.com, and sign up right there on the homepage to receive updates from our ministry. If you do that, you will then receive Bible study questions at the end of every chapter that we come to in the book of Revelation that, like I said, will help you get deeper in your personal study, especially as we get going through these books and get really, really deep into the letter. All right, that's it. That is all. Those are all the plugs that we have today. Now let's get in to the book of Revelation. <laughs> all right, guys, here we go. Revelation chapter 1, verse 11 is the text that we're looking at today. As always, I'm going to read just one verse before as well, just so we get into the flow of what's being said. Maybe even remember some of the things that we covered in our last episode. So Revelation chapter 1, verses 10 and 11 go like this. I was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and I heard behind me a loud voice like a trumpet, saying, Write what you see in a book. And send it to the seven churches, to Ephesus and to Smyrna and to Pergamum and to Thyatira and to Sardis and to Philadelphia and to Laodicea. My friends, we've learned in the last few episodes that this book is incredibly significant amongst all other books, not just in the New Testament, but in the entire Bible. This book is authored mainly by Jesus Christ himself. God the Father gave Jesus a revelation that he then gave to his apostle, to his disciple, John, to give to seven churches that existed in Asia Minor in the first century. 
In the last episode, we learned about some of the circumstances under which John received this revelation from Jesus. First of all, he was in prison on a prison island called Patmos. He was in prison because of his faith in Jesus Christ and because of his testimony to the Lordship of Jesus Christ. For this very reason, he was imprisoned by the imperial authority, the Roman Empire. While he was in prison, on a day when he knew that the churches in Asia were about to undergo very, very strong persecution by the Roman Empire, he was in the Spirit and he was praying for them. He was making intercession in the Spirit for these seven churches. And it was then that he heard a voice coming from behind him. It was then that he began to receive his revelation from Jesus Christ. Now, what we're going to learn as we move on is that Jesus Christ actually appeared to John when he gave him this revelation. But the first thing that John recognized, the first thing that he saw, he didn't actually see. The first thing that he heard was a voice coming from behind him, and the voice sounded like a trumpet. This, my friends, is the voice of Jesus Christ. In the next episode, in the next couple of verses after verse 11, we're going to see, we're going to start to see John's description of the risen Christ. The risen Christ looks very, very different from the last time that Jesus was seen on earth, especially by, by the majority of the public, by the masses. The last time Jesus was seen, he was dying naked on a cross. Now, when he's seen by John, the risen Christ looks much, much different. He's dressed like a king, like a judge, like a high priest. That's all what we're going to get into next week. But know this, Jesus's voice sounded like a trumpet. My friends, people often think that the instrument of heaven is a harp. People think, you know, when they think of heaven, they think of angels playing on harps and you know, who knows? Maybe they think of nice violins and string instruments when they get to heaven. What's heaven going to sound like? Have you ever thought about that? Well, when I think of the instrument or the sound of heaven, I think of a trumpet. Trumpets appear all through the book of Revelation. In fact, I'll have you know that trumpets are very significant throughout the entire Bible. Do you remember Jericho and the walls that came down at the sound of the trumpets being played by the people of Israel? Do you remember the instrument that the people of Israel were always instructed to play as they went into battle? It was always a trumpet. Trumpets have incredible significance when it comes to the future as well. When the Lord returns, everyone on earth will hear the same sound. Do you know what it'll be? It'll be the sound of a trumpet. And that, I believe, will be the loudest day in the history of the world. Trumpets are loud. They're piercing. They have the ability to, the ability to penetrate right to your heart, to almost cut through you, to have an almost physical impact on you when you hear a trumpet being played loudly and at full blast. Jesus' voice was like a trumpet. And that's not an accident. Some scholars even refer to the book of Revelation as the book of trumpets because we're going to see trumpets all through this book, just like we see them all through the Old Testament. 
Okay, now let's get to the seven churches that are addressed in this letter, in this book of Revelation. They weren't churches that were in Judea. They were churches that were in the Roman province of Asia. The churches are, actually, let's just read them one more time. Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, and Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. Some of you might recognize that first church. That church was also written to by the Apostle Paul. And there's an entire letter, the letter to the Ephesians, in your New Testament addressed to the church at Ephesus. This is the same church. The other six, if you are not familiar with this book, with this book may be new to you. But let me tell you about them. All seven of these churches were situated around a ring road that if you were walking around the Roman province of Asia on this road, you would actually come to each one of these seven churches, to Ephesus, Smyrna, Pergamum, Thyatira, Sardis, Philadelphia, and Laodicea. In fact, if you started at Ephesus, which was nearest to the coast, nearest to Patmos, where John was when he wrote this letter, if you started there, and you walked north around this road, you would actually come to these seven churches in the order in which they appear in this letter. You would walk starting from Ephesus north and you would reach Smyrna. And then you'd go north some more and you would reach Pergamum. Then you'd come around the top of that road and go southeast down to Thyatira, further down south to Sardis, and then further southeast to Philadelphia, in Laodicea. If you wanted to then get back to Ephesus, the road went down and around and finally wound through the Meander River Valley and connected Laodicea back to Ephesus. This is a, a place, actually all these places are in modern day Turkey and this last river valley that connects Ephesus to Laodicea was a place that was very, very rich, very good for crops, was and from my understanding still is because all these churches were interconnected. They not only all existed along the same road that wound all around the province, the same highway, they also shared the same pastor. You see, John, we have on good record, pastored these seven churches and some of the other churches that also existed in Asia Minor. There were other churches on this ring road. In fact, the church at Colossae was probably a part of this network of churches just not one of the main ones that was centered mainly on the road that went around Asia Minor. But there's good records from the early church that indicate that the Apostle John, both before and after he was on the island of Patmos in prison, spent most of his days traveling on foot around this road, visiting each of these churches, spending a week or two with each church and then traveling on. Most people think that John lived in Ephesus toward the end of his life. In fact, most historians think that John probably died in Ephesus. The only one of the original 12 disciples to die a natural death of natural causes and not be put to death for their faith in Jesus Christ. But nonetheless, we have it on good account that John pastored these churches, that he visited them often, and that he traveled this road. Each church was about 50 miles apart on average. So you could easily see an old man walking on a dirt road, going to see one of his churches that he pastors, these people that he loves and disciples 
faithfully. What about the fact that there were other churches in this Roman province, even along this road, that aren't addressed in the book of Revelation, in the letter that was addressed to these churches in Asia? Well, look, I think there can be little doubt that as this letter was being distributed around these churches in Asia, that each church received the entire letter. We know that the church of Ephesus, at one point in the letter, is mentioned and is addressed specifically. And Jesus talks to them about what they're going through. Same with all seven churches. Each one is named and spoken to at some point specifically. But we can be almost positive that the letter was intended for all the churches in the area. Look, think of it this way. If someone had a copy of this letter and they started at Ephesus, the church that's nearest to the coast and nearest to Patmos, Patmos, where the letter was written, and they first read it to the church at Ephesus, they would have read the letter. It was most likely in the form of a scroll. So they would have unrolled it like this and they would have read it and came first to Ephesus and then they would have rolled it back. They would have finished the letter, rolled it back up and then gone on to the next church, the church at Smyrna. Then they would have done the same thing and they would have read the part that was addressed specifically to the church at Ephesus and then you'd get to the church at Smyrna. On and on and on they went. There's churches that are named specifically and individually, but I'm, I'm fairly certain that all of the churches in the area, in this network, learned from the letters to the other churches. They weren't broken up and spliced up. It wouldn't have been like, hey, I'm going to cut out this part to the church at Ephesus and we'll send it up to them. And then, and then we'll cut out the part to the church at Laodicea and send it down to them. It wouldn't have been that way. All these churches had their own unique problems, but each one of them is an example, either good or bad, to the other churches in the area. There would have been no room for jealousy. There would have been no room for pride amongst those churches that were doing really, really well. I'll have you know that out of the seven churches, we're going to see as we go on, two of them appear to be doing very well. Three of them appear to be kind of lukewarm. And then two others are actually doing not very well and are in danger of being de-churched by Jesus. We'll say more about that when we get there. But for now, let's just put it this way. These churches were united. They were one body. They were individual churches, but they were together as one in terms of their ability to learn from Jesus Christ in their ability to be ministered to by John. They surely would have all heard this letter read as one single letter and even known how to pray for their other churches in their areas. It's an important thing for us to remember as we have more and more denominations all throughout the world, all throughout the country of the United States where this video is being taped. We have different denominations. We have different uh, ways of doing church. We have so many differences in our churches. But really, there's only one church and there's only one head of the church and that's Jesus Christ. And together we are all one. There isn't really room in the body of Christ for jealousy. Paul puts it this way. Can the eye say to the foot, I have no need of thee? You, you get the point. There's no room for jealousy. There's no room for pointing the finger and saying, oh, we're, you're doing this bad and we're doing it better. There's no room for pride. We're all one. And the local church is meant to be the expression of the church 
in a local gathering of believers who meet in the name of the Lord. I think one of the main things we can take from the fact that this letter is addressed to seven churches and all seven have their own little piece of the letter, yet it was surely read to all seven of them and to all the churches in the area is that we can learn from one another. We can learn from one another. We can pray for one another. And we certainly have to remember, most importantly, that we are on the same team. My friends, that is all the time we have for today. This has been Revelation chapter 1, verse 11, where we were introduced by name to the seven churches of Asia Minor that this letter was originally addressed to. In our next episode of 2 for 10, we're going to start to see the person of Jesus. That voice that John heard when he heard the sound of a trumpet and he turned to see who it was, it was the risen Lord Jesus Christ. And we're going to begin in our next episode to unpack John's description of the risen Lord. I got to tell you, if you've never read this before, it's going to take you by surprise. It's like no picture of Jesus Christ you have probably ever seen anywhere. That's for next time. Until then, thank you so much for watching and listening to 2 for 10. I'm Blake Barbera signing off. Stay blessed, live loved, and I'll talk to you next time on That You May Know. podcast is produced by That You May Know Him Ministries, Durham, North Carolina. You can visit our website at thatyoumayknowhim.com. Oh,